Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing, joined, as always, by Brendan Menapace, Senior Digital Editor. Brendan, do you know what today is? I think I do, but I'm going to uh, let you have the glory here. I feel like we need some like party noisemaker sound effects or applause or something in the background here. I'm going to need you to add that. I can, yeah, I'll do, I'll do my best there. But yes, it is our 50th episode. Uh, and it's a very special top distributors episode because as you know, our 2021 top distributors list is officially out. Uh, we're going big for this one, my friend. Uh, first off, our guest today is none other than Joe Gilly, CEO of Overture Promotions. Overture has been one of the industry's most successful companies over the last few years. In 2018, they finished number 27 on our top distributors list with $47.5 million in sales. They've grown substantially each year since then, finishing at number 14 on our 2021 list with uh, nearly $127 million in, in 2020 sales. So Joe joined us to talk about how they did that, uh, both before and during the pandemic. Uh, and to give her thoughts on dealing with the supply chain issues the industry is facing right now. And she was kind enough to share some advice for other distributors on growing your business in a tough market. Uh, awesome stuff there, really helpful and, and insightful commentary from her. And that's coming up. But before we get there, like I said, we're going big for this episode, 50th episode, got to do it right. Uh, and we have an extra special guest to talk 2021 top distributors with us. Joining the show for the very first time, print and promo editor-in-chief, my co-editor on our print magazine and collaborator on this year's top distributors list, Elise Carr. Elise, it took us 50 episodes, but we finally got <laughs> you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys on this very special episode. Um, so I can't wait to talk top distributors. Yeah, well, we, we appreciate you coming on in the middle of dealing with a uh, wasp infestation in your, uh, in your bedroom <laughs> wall. I know that you, there's probably other th more pressing things you need to deal with. So uh, we, we do appreciate that. And I'm sorry um, again for putting all those wasps in your house, Elise. Um, Brendan, that was a, a true <laughs> YouTube prank gone wrong. I got you, though. I got you. Um, so I thought we could run through the list a little bit here, get into some uh, takeaways, stats, surprises, all that fun stuff. Uh, I should mention that if anybody wants to see the full 2021 top distributors list, uh, you can find it at either magazine.promomarketing.com or goprintandpromo.com. Uh, if you search 2021 top distributors on site or click uh, browse resources in the resources drop down on the nav bar, uh, you'll find it. It's a free PDF download. It includes the top 75 list, whole bunch of sub lists, stats, analysis, profiles of some of the top distributors, a uh, ton of good stuff in there. So feel free to hit pause, go download that, and come back and follow along. We'll, we'll wait for you. We'll be here when you get back. Uh, Elise, why don't you give us a quick overview of this year's list, You know, get us started, talk about some of the, uh, the high-level stats and analysis. I think that's a good way to, to get this thing rolling. Yeah, sure. Um, so a lot has happened uh, you know, since we composed our top distributors list last year. Uh, you know, back then we were waiting for election results, we were waiting for a vaccine, like so many things that would determine the course of the economy and in turn, you know, shape the list this year for us. Um, we now have like some of those answers to those questions. Um, you know, it was a mixed bag of challenges and opportunities for our distributors. They were dealing with shipping delays, production issues, uh, 
uh, price increases, staffing shortages, a lot of which we've been covering extensively in our brands this year. Um, but, you know, there were opportunities, too, with finding, dif finding different ways to connect through kitting, signage, technology. And, you know, also we can't forget that PPE had a huge moment last year. And that definitely gave, um, you know, was a lifeline for a lot of our distributors. Um, so that being said, the top 75 distributors totaled $6.79 billion in 2020 sales. And, you know, this was print and promo marketing's first joint list. So it's kind of hard to make a direct comparison to last year's for the analysis, but just to give you guys some context, um, you know, and it, as for a general barometer of industry health, print and promos 2020 top 50 distributors last year put forth 2.49 billion and promo marketing's list generated 6.18 billion. So kind of on par with, you know, promo marketing's. Um, there were some surprises that we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, you know, some things to note, we, you know, asked people to talk about, you know, what sales were looking like in their individual product sectors. And, you know, some of the numbers were down across the board, but that's also partially the result of gaps left by some distributors who didn't return. Um, other distributors don't disclose that information, but, you know, on the print side, commercial print put forth the highest showing. Um, that consists of marketing pieces, catalogs, brochures, folders, envelopes, stationery, and the like. And that came in at 201.91 million. Um, but the highest overall was promotional hard goods. That put forth the strongest showing with 1.21 billion. And uh, for the first time, this also included something on branded apparel, which represented $701.24 million in sales. So not too shabby there. And we'll see how that goes next year. Um, just a quick rundown of some fun stats for the charts. Um, you know, 25 U.S. states and one Canadian province, uh, Ontario, were headquarters to at least one of the top 75 distributors. Um, Nine of our distributors, uh, you know, are based in Illinois, so that was that was the most popular choice. It's just All a hotbed of promotional activity in Illinois. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like followed by Ohio, so I don't know. Draw whatever conclusions you want there. For all four major regions, you know, had at least one distributor on the list. Our distributors employed more than fourteen thousand people at two thousand fifty nine locations. Um, six of the top 75 distributors have been in business for more than a century, which is awesome. And two have been in business for less than 10 years. And um, kind of in line with last year, we only had of the 78 principal officers listed for the top 75. Um, three of those companies list more than one principal. 66 were men and only 12 were women. So that's an 85 versus 15% split. So let's get those numbers up there. But we're working on it. That, I feel like there's been some <laughs> progress made over the, even in the last couple of years, but yeah, that's consistent with For what sure. we saw last year. Um, yeah. I guess I, sh I should have noted more up top, but yeah, this is a, a top 75 list and we, we combined the print and promo list and the promo marketing lists from previous years into this one kind of mega list for the industry. Uh, including, so now, you know, instead of just promotional product sales, if you're familiar with that from the promo marketing version, we're including printed product sales in that. Um, because, you know, as we've, we've seen in what we've been doing with our magazine, there's so much overlap there anyway, it's almost just one industry at this point. Um, so that's exciting, you know, it's, it's top 75, uh, much bigger than what we've done in the past. Usually we're around the 50 mark. Um, but okay. So I have three categories here. 
top takeaways, uh, surprises, and biggest success stories. So I figured we could just kind of go around the room, give our picks for each category, a little bit of analysis there on what we saw that stood out to us. Does that work for you guys? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. All right. So top takeaways, let's start with that. Brendan, why don't you uh, kick us off here? What, What was your kind of, what was the big thing that jumped out to you from the list? Yeah. My top takeaway here really is, you know, 2020 obviously was a down year for travel and hospitality when, you know, people weren't really traveling or staying in hotels. But despite that, a lot of the top suppliers here listed travel and hospitality as their top sales verticals. So obviously, even in this worst case scenario environment that 2020 was for so many companies, that spend was still there. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the list now. You had, I think the biggest one was was BDA at number four. Um, well, they had recreation and team sports at the top, uh, not so much travel and hospitality. But again, you know, that was an industry that was really affected by everything going on with the pandemic. And yet the BDA was still able to place number four. Sales stayed, you know, pretty much flat for them. Um, but if you go down the list, you'll, you'll see hospitality jumping out. I mean, Wed Mason was number, yep. number 15 and they had, you know, hospitality is one of their top ones. So yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty interesting take on the list. You'll see healthcare listed for a lot of these distributors, mm-hmm. which makes a ton of sense. I think that would have been the case you know, even not during the pandemic. Um, I'm sure if we go back and compare results from previous years, that's a lot of what we would see, but you know, that took off with, with masks and, and PPE and, you know, sales to hospitals and things like that. So, but that's, that's a really interesting you know, look at, at how some of these distributors were able to continue selling to uh, their top customers in these markets that were affected by the pandemic. Yep. Um, so I, I think mine was that, you know, my top takeaway, the distributors that really succeeded in 2020 were the ones that have been investing in technology heavily over the last couple of years. Um, Halo, Proforma, Bamco, uh, American Solutions for Business, Geiger, uh, I almost said Geico, Geiger. Um, <laughs> we always do profiles on uh, uh, you know, a few of those top distributors from each list. And I feel like inevitably the, the top thing that always comes up is, is technology. So it's, it seems like that's the real defining factor separating uh, the very top distributors from the rest of the pack. Now, they've been saying it for years now, but I think the pandemic has really kind of pushed that into the forefront. And it's it's really you know, separating the, the top of the list from the rest of it is you know, how much and how heavily have these distributors invested in tech solutions to kind of, um, you know, make up the difference when, especially when they're in such a tough market. Yeah. And that goes into mine on par with the technology. I think, um, you know, everyone that we interviewed for the top distributors, they all, um, attributed flexibility and their team's ability to diversify and pull together in the face of adversity for their success. Like that's just always a common theme every year. But I mean, more so this year, we talked to Justin Zavagil at American Solutions for Business. And I mean, you know, he said like, you know, I don't think that anyone had global pandemic as one of their threats that they were planning against. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. have that on my bingo card for sure. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't either. Certainly not uh, almost two years later, but you know, so pivot, I've got, we hear that word so often. I'm sick of it, but Wait, hold on. That word is banned from the show. At least you didn't get the memo. We're not allowed <laughs> I, to say that anymore. <laughs> I swear. I listened to your other uh, 49 episodes of this podcast. But, uh, um, yeah, ju- but yeah, Justin, Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there, Lee, but no, Justin, just in, in the profile that we did on ASB, uh, we asked 
you know, one of the questions we asked was, what do you most attribute your 2020 success to? And his response was the best and most flexible employees and sales associates in the industry. So I think that was definitely a common theme for all the distributors that we talked to, especially the ones that, that really excelled in, in such a tough year. Uh, all right, well, let's, let's get to surprises. This, this should be a good one. Um, Elise, you want to kick us off on this one? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so as I mentioned earlier, this was our first time doing a combined list, but it wasn't the first time that we compiled our own charts. And But that being said, even with a small decrease of 2.71% in sales, uh, Halo branded solutions, um, you know, managed to bump for imprint out of the number one spot for the first time. So congratulations to Halo. Um, you know, for imprint, I think a lot of they had a tough year. And I think a lot of companies are in the same boat. But I know that uh, promo marketing wrote about it, uh, you know, back in the spring of this year, um, they announced when they announced their 2020 results, uh, you know, they were down 35% um, to 560 million. And that was in line with what they had reported to us. But um, you know, their chair, Paul Moody, was optimistic, you know, already seeing signs of an encouraging recovery. Uh, vaccines are, are going to help with that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, on our 2022 list. It's so weird saying 2022, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And for imprint, I think was, you know, disproportionately affected by the lack of live events and shows. Cause I, I know that, you know, with their model, their business model, that was such a huge revenue stream for them. So that was you know tough, tough year for them. But like you said, at least there's some reasons for optimism to see them bounce back. Um, Brendan, what do you have for surprise? I, I think I kind of gave this one away up top a little bit uh, in the last category, but you can get into it here. That's okay. Yeah. My, uh, my real surprise, I, I, not really surprised, but you know, you know what I mean? Was that number four BDA, they were the highest without any mention of healthcare and that's not to say that it wasn't part of their business but they have listed recreation and team sports transportation and food and beverage as their top verticals and you know kind of like i alluded to a second ago a lot of these things had to take a pause like sports and all these and restaurants things like that so to see so much growth as they did they had you know 2020 revenue of 477 million dollars through something like recreation and team sports is pretty impressive yeah, and that was like I said, they were down, you know, uh, close to flat. Uh, you know, they were four hundred seventy-seven point four million, um, down from four ninety-three the year before. So definitely took a loss, but not as severe as it could have been, and definitely not as much as we saw with with some of the other distributors on the list. And like you said, the fact that they, you know, they're so big into recreation, team sports, um, and so some of these other industries. But you know, I'm sure healthcare is one of their you know, higher ranking verticals, especially last year, but it wasn't in their top few. Um, so that's, that's definitely interesting that they were still able to pull in number four overall with that uh, and, you know, mitigate losses. Um, my big surprise on that note was the number of distributors who actually grew sales or had minimal losses on this list. So of the 75 distributors that we had, 31 actually had revenue go up um, two stayed flat and 42 had revenue decreases. Uh, but of the 42 that went down, 13 of them uh, actually had losses in around the minus 5% range. So despite everything going on with the pandemic last year, they managed to stay close to flat, which is you know, pretty impressive if, if you 
well, I'm trying to do the math real quick here, which is not my strong suit, but that's, uh, let's say, um, 31 went up two stayed flat and you know, what's a 20, 29, I guess, um, went down if you take out the ones that had kind of that minus five range. So a pretty strong showing for the the top distributors overall and a, a really tough year in a year where you know industry sales were were down on a whole by you know I don't know what the exact figure is but it was in 20 30 20 to 30 percent range so um pretty big deal that some of these top companies were able to to you know stave off losses or even grow in such a, a really difficult environment um all right last we got uh, success stories so uh, Brendan, you want to jump into this one? What's, what's your, uh, what was the biggest thing that kind of, you know, the, the, the positive or the biggest, you know, um, success of this whole year? Yeah. You know, what, what stood out to me was kind of a familiar face from something I had done earlier in 2020. Uh, and that's number 30 strand promotional solutions. They, I mean, if you look at their listing, they made a jump from 33.9 million to 48.5 million and they have government and public sector as their top vertical. Now, if you had read the MyBest promotion we had done last year, that's because they were the promo distributor for the census. And they had told me that, let me get the exact figure. Yeah, they produced somewhere, as they estimated, between 15 or 16 million promotional products for it. So that's a huge- That's a lot. That's, <laughs> that's a lot yeah, of promotional products. In my expert products. opinion, that's a lot of promotional products. So- you know, that's obviously just a huge order for it's a kind of uh, hard hitting analysis you only get on the yeah, show. yeah, that's a as um, we yeah, and we actually one of, the, uh, one of the profiles we did uh, that you'll get on the, the download is with uh, Andy Shape of um, of Strand, uh, he's the CEO and president, and he talked a little bit about the, the census and how important that was to them. Uh, and the cool thing too about Strand was that that was obviously such a big part of their, their sales growth, but it wasn't the only thing they had going on. Uh, and they, they really made some, some strong uh, moves in the, during the pandemic to, to not just, again, not just maintain sales, but to grow as significantly as they did. I think that's, that's a great choice for one of the success stories. There were a lot to choose from, but that was, that was a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cheat here and give two uh, because you know, it's, it's our show and we can do whatever we want. So um, you're the host. <laughs> that's right. It's my show, my rules. <laughs> um, so uh, my two were, were Bamco and Overture, um, two companies that we've covered a bunch over the last year and rightfully so because you know, they, they both had huge sales growth this year, uh, but they were also on the rise coming into this, this past year. Um, Bamco was number 17 on our 2018 list. They finished number nine this year. It was their first time in the top 10. Um, Overture, uh, like I said up top, and like you'll see in our interview with Joe, uh, they just keep growing. Um, huge, consistent year-over-year growth since 2018. The big question, of course, is you know how the two of them do in uh, 2021 since this year has just been weird as hell. Uh, but I think they're two of the top distributors to watch moving forward to see you know as kind of an indicator of, of what's possible and where the industry is going. Elise, what do you got here? Well, you know, I got to represent the Prince side. Um, so for me, um, you know, it was cool to see that Trey Inc., who was number 19 on our list, they um, were number three on our list of 25 fastest growing, which you, you can also see on that resource. Um, you know, in 2019, they had $27.2 million um, in sales, but 2020, they jumped up to 86.8 
Um, I don't know their verticals. They did not report that, unfortunately. So I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't have that data, but, um, you know, they are, they do specialize in print mailing, large format, web solutions, promo and fulfillment. So, you know, that's 219.12% of year over year growth. So pretty, pretty solid from those guys. And I know acquisitions are uh, also a part of their strategy. So congratulations uh, to Brian and the team at Trey. Yeah, that's, that's awesome stuff. Huge, huge growth from them. Uh, like you said, they were number three on our fastest growing list, which is also part of that PDF download. Um, you can see who number one and two were and you know, check out some of the other distributors on that list as well. Uh, cool. That's uh, that's a pretty good overview of, of what you'll find in the rest of the list. Uh, so I hope everybody goes and checks it out. Remember, you can download it for free at either magazine.promomarketing.com or goprintandpromo.com. Uh, once again, I stress it is free. It's a PDF. It's pretty awesome. Elise and I spent a lot of time putting this together. We're really proud of the finished product this year. So uh, go give that a look. And uh, with that, I guess let's let's get into the main event here, um, at least unless you have anything else you want to add before we, we get into our interview with Joe. No, just thanks again for having me. Um, yes, Sean is correct. Do read that. We put so many hours into it and it is <laughs> worth your time. For sure. All right. And let's, here we go. Here's our interview with Joe at Overture. Joe, thanks so much for being here. This is a, a really special uh, episode for us, our 50th, uh, as we mentioned up top, and also our 2021 Top Distributors episode. Uh, so we're really thrilled that you could uh, to join us here today. Uh, do you want to just give some introduction and background on yourself and on Overture before we get going here? Sure, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it and I'm honored uh, to be on such an auspicious podcast. <laughs> Um, so Overture was founded in 2001, um, so we're in our 20th year. We had big hopes of a big 20th anniversary party that were pandemic out. <laughs> As with most things, yeah. <laughs> um, I was an original investor in the company, but I didn't work here until about four years ago when I took over for the original CEO. Um, my background is 25 years in marketing and management, mostly um, for technology companies or in agencies that um, served technology companies, interestingly enough. And I had a, uh, started my career working at the CIA, which is kind of my little interesting. Ooh, well, that, that's going to be another podcast. Yeah, we can, we can do a whole podcast on that. You want to just switch gears and we'll talk CIA secrets. So that's fine with me. I have great stories for sure. <laughs> All right. So Overture has been, you know, tremendously successful over the last couple of years. And in 2018, your total sales were 60.6 million. And in 2019, that grew to 81.6 million. And then last year during the pandemic, that grew to 126.9 million, which is number 14 on our 2021 top distributors list. So I guess the question is, how did you do that during the pandemic? <laughs> so first, all credit to our sales team for a quick and effective pivot to sourcing PPE in 2020. Um, and then followed by their insane creativity, um, putting together engagement kits and employee gifts for our customers. And at the same time to our 
shout out to our operations team who smoothly handled several, several logistically complex and pandemic proof uh, customers throughout the year. So we had a couple large customers that actually um, were in the delivery services space that really thrived um, in 2020. So um, PPE plus those um, pieces of business and a weed company um, <laughs> really set us up for that growth uh, in 2020. Which is interesting because uh, I think two episodes ago, we were talking about the, the marijuana industry and the implications and opportunities for promo. Um, you know, you, you mentioned PPE. Obviously, that was huge for so many distributors, but it, it's like, and clearly it was huge for you guys too. But you know, prior to last year, you had just that outstanding growth over the, you know, the, the preceding years. You know, what, what went into that? I, you know, we're a little bit unique um, as a distributor in that we have end-to-end services in-house. Um, and what that does is it helps us ensure quality, accuracy, shorter turnaround times, lower costs. So we have embroidery and screen print in-house. We have pick, pack, ship in-house. We have um, dev and art and it's all here. And so um, we, can, we can really tweak our, our process and our supply chain for more complex kinds of things, for more custom kinds of projects and web stores and those kinds of things. So um, I think just that model um, accounts for our ability to attract new customers, to keep um, our existing customers and, and then to get new ones, to get referrals and, and, um, new opportunities. So. You know, to kind of go back to what you said a minute ago about, you know, being from tech and the CIA, how do you think that, you know, that kind of life before promo factored into your leadership style and overtures overall success? Was it a benefit to come into promo as an outsider, so to speak? Kind of in the school of there are always benefits to fresh perspective. Um, it's an antidote to this is the way we've always done it. Um, and the antidote is, hey, is can we do this better? Is there a is there a different outside the box kind of solution for that this? And so I, I'm sure I know I've asked lots of dumb questions, um, but I do think. Um, some of the questions have resulted in um, new ideas, new ways of thinking, um, and um, bringing in, um, in my previous jobs, I did a lot of strategic planning, uh, bringing that into the mix here at Overture. Um, I brought an ethic for training. We've done a lot of training, um, uh, transparency and communications. Um, I've worked hard with the management team to ensure that they're doing high value work because, you know, you can pile things into someone's portfolio like, who could do this thing? Oh, we'll give it to this VP. And then they get so distracted doing those, all those little things that they probably shouldn't be that they're not doing high value kinds of things. 
Um, and that's really a, a thing I learned in technology. Lots of um, entrepreneurs who think about um, what can I take off my plate so I can do the, the super important things, the successful entrepreneurs. Um, and then I, we um, have invested a lot in operations. So, um, so how do we make sure that our operations keeps up with the growth on the sales side so that um, we can keep doing a good job for our customers? That's a good lead into the next question I had for you, which was, you know, a lot of distributors expected 2021 to be this big bounce back year. You know, there's so much optimism coming into the year. Uh, and it, it's kind of been a mixed bag now that the demand issues of 2020 have become supply issues that are just affecting everybody in and outside the industry. Uh, but how is Overture doing here? And you know, what have you found that's working right now? So we're kind of a little bit ahead of plan, um, you know, again, mostly from those, um, those customers that are uh, pandemic proof. And um, what we found is that some of our customers are doing annual things that they used to do and they didn't do last year. Um, they're doing them again, maybe in a different way, shipping things to homes and that kinds of things. So we're seeing um, some limited bounce back, um, but oh gosh, every order is hard. It's um, a discouraging uh, time for our salespeople. Um, so when you get an order, then it's just so hard to fill it. Um, and our receiving team says, you know, it takes us six times, six receive receipts to receive a single order because um, they're coming from so many different uh, factories and sources and suppliers. So everything, even internally, is just more complicated. So, you know, with all that in mind, what advice would you give distributors who are looking to do what Overture did and grow their market or grow their business in this market right now? So always, always, um, invest in pipeline building. And for most distributors, that's a, that's a time um, thing. So work your contacts regularly, build on your segment expertise, um, ask your customers for referrals. Um, those are things you just have to excel at. Um, and then, you know, keep your current customers satisfied with extravagant customer service. Um, be a proactive partner, be generating ideas, don't make mistakes. And if you do own them and fix them, um, solve problems for them, uh, you know, invest in tools that help you analyze your business so that you know what works and what doesn't, what's successful and what isn't. Um, those are the things I would recommend. But besides the sales growth, you know, that you guys have seen in the last couple of years, which of your accomplishments in 2020 or even this year uh, are you most proud of? I mean, I feel like there's a ton to choose from you guys. You opened a new headquarters. Um, you were named to the, you know, the top 50 list of uh, women owned their led businesses. Uh, you know, there's a ton out there to choose from. What would you say is your, you know, your top achievement? Um, yeah, we, we moved to this gorgeous building um, that 
is so spectacular and then and then we had to uh, obviously our back of house kept working through the whole year but I, you know then we like sent the front of house people home so <laughs> that was a little frustrating right. i do think that we um when we moved into the new building it was we um we switched to zoom for our phones for all our conference rooms so we actually were really set up for the switch that came. And, um, and then there was a, a thing that happened. It, it was easier to do these kind of cross-discipline problem-solving teams. And so it, we built this great habit for, um, all right, this process doesn't seem like it's really working well. Let's get all the players on a Zoom call and let's walk through the steps and see where there are opportunities to fix it. And we've done that um, on several different processes in the company. And I think that's a really cool um, habit to have developed. Um, and then on, for the back of house, for the volume pressure on operations gave us lots of opportunities to um, improve efficiency and process and equipment and, those kinds of things. So um, I feel like um, we went to school on the on the volume pressure and um, made some really smart uh, improvements in our back of house. So not to you know overlook all the crazy good things you guys have done in 2021. What's what's next for Overture? You know, as you close out 2021 and get into 2022. <laughs> oh. Please let the supply chain. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cr- a lot of crossing fingers. Yes. Um, so we um, pre-pandemic uh, helped found a, a global network, um, and we're seeing lots more opportunities even now to collaborate with our partners on global um, opportunities. So we think that's going to continue to be a big. Uh, looking forward opportunity. Um, we are working on looking at some acquisitions, um, you know, evaluating additional kinds of services, investing in technology. That's kind of an ongoing thing. Um, and, you know, how, looking at how can we make hybrid, this new model of hybrid work, um, work for us and, um, you know, encourage people to come back to the building when we can um, and create some new kinds of workspaces for them that are more like, a little bit more like home. Um, So that's what we're looking at for 2022. That's exciting. I think a thing that a lot of companies and businesses across industries are going to be looking at. is there anything you, you want to add that we haven't got into before we let you go here? I mean, this was all awesome stuff. And we, again, we really appreciate it, but you know, anything we missed? No, I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. And this uh, congrats to you guys on a, uh, you know, number 14 on our, our top distributors list on a just fantastic couple of years and uh, best of luck heading into 2022. And we're, we're crossing fingers over here that these, <laughs> these supply chains get figured out at some point. So we'll, We'll all uh, stand in solidarity on that. But again, thanks so much for for joining us and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Joe.
All right, that about does it for this episode. Uh, Elise, how are you feeling? Are you going to do every episode with us from now on, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I mean, if I'm lucky, maybe you'll invite me back when we do top suppliers. Uh, yeah, we could do that or we can have you on, you know, just every 50 episodes, we'll just have you come <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, but before we let you go, I know you had some thoughts on our uh, our band T rules conversation from a few episodes back. I would, I would call them <laughs> hot takes, actually. I don't know if you want to you want to share a few of those here before we, we wrap up? Oh, man, I got to remember what I said. Um, well, I, I have the reputation as being the contrarian of this group. Uh, I, I don't think that's a fair reputation. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I just am very passionate, we'll say. At the end of the day, let me just preface by saying at the end of the day, everybody can do what makes them happy. I'm not losing sleep at night over these things that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but I did listen to that conversation and Sean, I was surprised at how lenient you were. I thought maybe, I know Brendan <laughs> is the eternal optimist here, but I thought, and Sean too, but I thought Sean, I don't know, would like lean towards gatekeep. my side a little bit. <laughs> What's that? You thought he would gatekeep more? Yeah. <laughs> but So I don't like, my issue is like, if I, if I see somebody using a band shirt, in the name of fashion like if, if I see like like one time I, I was watching I'm a big bravoholic and I was watching uh, watch what happens live and there was a, a real housewife of Potomac and she was wearing um, a Metallica shirt and it was a pretty nice shirt but clearly she didn't she if she had heard of them I would have been surprised and Andy Cohen and whoever the other guests they like knew she didn't know and like they made it a point to say like name like three Metallica songs and she was like I straight up cannot but um I'm gonna be rambling here because I'm tired from those bees um but uh no do what was it the original point it was like do you have to know like 10 songs to wear a shirt no that's that's ridiculous do I think you should know like a couple like yeah I do I, I I'm gonna say yes um but no, but even still, if you don't, like, if the housewife wants to wear, you know, a Slayer shirt or Metallica or Pantera, like, whoever, and doesn't know anything about them, like, it's, at the, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose sleep. But, so basically what you're saying is you hate fun and you think everyone should have to name yes. the band's complete discography for them to be able to wear a shirt, right? Yes, totally hate fun, for sure. Um, no, but what I do laugh at, even though I don't get to concerts that much these days, um, but uh, if I see like somebody wearing a shirt of the band like that, they're seeing like that, I will I will laugh like to myself. That I'm but with again, you on that. if you if you want to do it, that's cool. I'm not gonna lose. That was the one. Today. That was the one area that I was I was with you on. I think. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we're all in agreement there. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, I, I just think I wanted them to know, like, uh, some songs, like, to be sporting that band shirt. Ten is too much, but you know. Give me something. Well, you yeah. you work on the uh, work on finding what that right number is, and you can come back <laughs> to us. And we'll... <laughs> I will. I episode. will. I will heavily investigate this, and I will be prepared for the next time you invite me on this lovely podcast. All right. Well, we'll yeah. Episode one hundred. We'll come back and we'll revisit the band rules. Um, you <laughs> if, can. If I get the... invited again, I, who knows? I don't. Yeah, know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> if, if the wasps don't uh, take over your, your entire house and force you out, um, but that, that conversation, original conversation, if anybody wants to check it out, that was on, uh, I think two episodes back, our, uh, our show with, uh, David Palaszczuk 
on branding bud in the cannabis market. We Brendan and I got into the yeah, the rules for wearing band t-shirts. So check that out if you want some more hot takes on uh, or actually some more measured takes on on band t-shirt wearing. Um <laughs> uh, but that's that's all we got for today. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Be sure to subscribe on our website, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify, wherever you get your shows. And if you have any tips or comments, or if you want to get in on this bench t-shirt debate, you can always find us on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Uh, Elise, thanks again for being part of this uh, 50th episode Blowout Bash. Uh, we thank everybody for listening, going on this audio journey with us. Um, until next time, for Brendan Menapace and Elise Carr, I am Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. <laughs>